you got to get a ticket if you even want to be in the game. So yeah, there's this moment that you really have to dive in and just be willing. It doesn't have to be a huge investment. doesn't no. even have to be a huge effort, but just get your toes in the water. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. All right, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. We're, we're on our uh, closing keynote here with one of my friends and all things tech and all things happy. Noel Silver, how you doing? That's right. I'm great. So good to be here with you again. It's again. exciting. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, we, you know, we, we, we had a lot of conversations um, today and lately about uh, art and equity. And specifically, we've talked a lot about technology, but you are a tech evangelist and you've uh, uh, spreading the good news and spreading the good gospel of the opportunities with tech and that you don't have to be an expert in engineering to be in tech and or any of that. Because when people think of art, a lot of people don't. Some do, especially now with what we're going to talk about. But I think a lot of people are still wrapping their mind around, well, what does technology have to do with art? And Noel, what would you just say to that if someone just asked you that question? Yeah, I actually think it's it's interesting because I had this amazing opportunity in my mind to go and work with the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, and I kind of battled that exact question, right, where I was talking to the curators and all these people that have been doing art for decades. And they're like, what are you data scientists going to even do here? Or worse, we don't, whatever you're going to do, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to corrupt our, it's going to corrupt yeah, yeah. the art. That's what, that's, exactly. that's what yeah, I've heard exactly. that Exactly. Yeah. And so I had a really, I mean, I loved it because we did a hackathon with them, which is my, you know, I always encourage people, if you can do a hackathon with people who have a problem and put together, you know, people who know technology to potentially solve that problem, like magic can happen. Um, and it was, it started off very much like a high school dance, you know, the curators on one side and like the data scientists on the other and everyone kind of like, I don't know if we're going to all get along. Um, but by the end of it, we, we did a whole bunch of things. One, we realized that technology, it you can't be prescriptive ahead of time in a space like art. Like tech can show up in a bunch of different places. And so one of the things I always like to do is figure out like what are the challenges? What are the things exactly. about that are happening in art that are just irritating to even have to deal with? Like, why can't it just be about the art? And tech, that's where tech can come in, right? Like tech can abstract out the things that are not awesome to deal with. Yeah. Um, everything from just like even dynamic pricing of art, like we'll talk about, right? Security of assets. Like there's so many yeah. different areas that an artist themselves may not necessarily even want to deal with. And that's what we found, you know, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, we built seven different projects out of that hackathon and all of them, the artists, the curators were like, if that works, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Like we were all like family when we left, we were hugging goodbye. Like it was Awesome. And, you know, it's just the contrast is so interesting because the first thought was like you said, what are you going to do here? And don't mess anything up. Like we're yeah. good. Art's fine. We don't need that. When actually there was some opportunity and we did find little pockets of ways to make the artist's life even better. Yeah. I mean, you said it best and uh, I've heard it said different ways, but when people approach uh, a technical problem or, te or, or, or an issue, or I should, I should say approach technology, I think a lot of times some people, particularly in the tech world, approach it wrong. Like, what's the best technology we can have? No. What problem are you trying to solve? That's more important. And the technology. That's exactly right. You can That's figure exactly out the technology. Right. Like, yep. 
what problem are you trying to solve and how can you make the world better for uh, the problem or the people or the issues that you're trying to solve? And That's so right. when you look at art, right, there, there are a lot of opportunities there. We're going to go over some stuff you did, but I want to talk a, a little bit in the nerd space for a little while. I know there, I know you did some stuff with uh, uh, art and artificial intelligence. Like what, in the, how do you combine art and artificial intelligence and why would someone, what, you know, an, an artist might say, well, is that going to change my work? Does that change the nature of meeting artists when you could just have a computer just decide? What oh, gosh. Want? Yes. Like, this is, the, yeah, what, this is one of those use cases, right, where we yeah. built a GAN, in, um, which is basically a neural network that would generate art from existing art. Um, and it was it's that moment where an artist like, that's not cool. That's not art. You can't do that. You can't take my work and then use a computer and then call the new stuff art like that's not possible. But the reality is we got there. Right. We we showed them how interesting it would be for a child or a middle schooler or someone in or maybe someone like my son who has Down syndrome to be able to now have the ability to create something that they themselves can own with the augmentation of something like an AI model. So this model would take aspects, right? Patterns that were identified in Renaissance art or in industrial revolution type pieces in things that were thousands of years old sculptures and allow him to create a tile piece or allowed him to create a mosaic in a way that is not accessible to the world. So it really does force us to expand out our concept of who is art for, who gets to play, who gets to participate, who gets to be the artist. And what does it mean for that? Like, does it make my son any less of an artist because he leverages a piece of software to help him ideate, right? And create something from his ideas. So yeah, it was, it was definitely though, that was the, like that was the beginning of our conversation at this hackathon was, how does this, you know, is this not damaging the purity of the art form? And we got there at the end of the day, we ended up real, you know, everyone ended up realizing more people are served when you expand your concept of what art is and how it can be accessible to more people. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, we were featured on NBC Nightly News as a result of this project because we just wanted to make I art remember. accessible right through voice technology, like just through Alexa to be able to say, you know, hey, device, could you tell me more about this artwork? Tell me more about this um, artist and then be able to kind of go down a voice controlled path to art you would have never seen before and make it accessible to people who would never walk the halls of an art museum like my son or my kids, my four-year-old will never do that. But you give them an engaging experience that walks them through, or better yet, a VR experience that walks them through a virtual museum. All of a sudden, the world opens up to people who, you know, it's different than the classic 1% of the 1% that some of these museums were catered towards. No, that's exactly right. And as we move on and really talk about NFT, as you all have known, if you've uh, been at any of our conference today, you know that uh, Disrupt Now is launching a, a platform, uh, a global uh, interactive platform for black and brown artists and collectors uh, to sell and collect NFT art, which is non-fungible tokens. I'm going to let the tech person explain a little bit more, but there is, I've heard the same thing, uh, uh, Noel, the same thing, you, 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 the same conversation you had about uh, 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 artificial intelligence with art. I've heard the same thing about NFTs and are like, this is not all you're doing is, I don't believe this, obviously, because we have the platform. But some people have this belief that it can never be as valuable as the physical piece. And this is not something this is not art, because you 
I guess it's oh, it's digitally online. Like, how do you answer that in the first then? I mean, you've kind of answered it already, but now the NFTs are kind of, uh, uh, that definitely has some momentum. I just think the last, just like uh, a, little, a little while back, I want to say that uh, NFT sold for Christie's for 69 or 62 million, something absurd, but like, yes. So clearly there's a market for it. So what, what is your response to that? That's right. Yes. I remember um, there's a bunch of memes about this now, but it's like post, you know, graphic art every day for 14 years and you'll make $69 million or whatever that one piece, <laughs> right? Um, but it, it does, it changes, the medium's changing. But now I think, especially in, a, in this pandemic, or hopefully we're now coming to the other side of it, but we've realized, you know, like in person is just the definition of that is different today. Um, I think that there is an opportunity, especially with this concept of NFTs, the ability to stamp authenticity. Um, I know a lot of us, uh, a lot of people in my space are interested in, in looking at the area of deep fakes or the ability to take content, augment it, right? And people the general public may not even know the difference. What's a, what's a deep fake? Just yeah. so to make sure people know. So <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are new to this idea, it's fascinating and you should definitely look more into it. Um, but it's basically the ability to create synthesized media. And chances are you've seen it already. It's everything from a Snapchat filter that changes your eye and hair color all the way to um, superimposing, you know, JLo's face onto mine. And I'm having this conversation and I look like I'm JLo, right? <laughs> um, but the benefit, of course, of this is that it's actually, um, it is artificial intelligence. It's a neural network of patterns that it's identified. So you feed it a bunch of information, let's say JLo, feed it a bunch of JLo video, and now you can superimpose it on anyone's face and make it look because of those patterns, it can just reproduce those patterns for you. So it's fascinating. However, uh, just to go back to the point, it's dangerous, right? If I'm an artist, I'm like, well, how do I keep someone from just saying, this is my art, you know, and or exactly. knocking, right? This is not a new problem, though, which is what I always like to say, especially with artists and musicians, you know, knockoff artists, this is not a new problem. We've no. been dealing with people, copycat artists doing all of this. But now with technology, we actually have the ability to provide content and source protection. We can stamp authenticity. We can track authenticity. Thanks to the beauty of blockchain, right? The ability to create a series of authenticators that can make sure that this thing you're getting is unique in, in, in and of itself. And I love, uh, you're talking about NFTs. I love this concept and I was introduced to it by uh, an organization because they created an NFT uh, play. It was like a baseball card, but it was of me and a bunch of other influencers. But we all got our own dedicated allotment of these NFTs that represented it was like information about me, my career. It's kind of silly to say it out loud. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool because no one could reproduce that. It was I had 50 of them. I gave them out to 50 of my friends. There'll never be any more. And that is literally like that sense of scarcity is the model that art thrives in, right? Like I'm willing now, no one's going to be willing to pay for it maybe one day, but hey, no look, hey, let's project yeah. it. They, hey, they might, let's say no, one day, and I knew you, just don't forget right. your friends. <laughs> Somebody's going to pay a million dollars a pop for one of these things. Hey, one let's project these, it. Yeah, back in the day, you know, the, yeah, exactly. 20 years from now, so it's going to be like, oh my gosh, you got one of Noel's early NFTs. <laughs> but it's the same for art. You know, we have the ability now to create this scarcity model with things that are stamped with, it's literally the same as in art, having a number on the back of your reproduction, right? Yep. We have the ability to do that today in a way that's never been possible before. 
And it's all because of things that have happened in the finance industry, right? Yep. Our, our, if we had NFTs 10 years ago, we wouldn't have believed it. It wouldn't have been accessible nope. to us as a medium. But because of all the work that's gone into blockchain and cryptocurrency, all the trust that's been built in that industry, us watching the value grow and stay, and now other you know companies are buying into this technology, yep. like it's a this is this is happening. Yeah, it's so a, it's, it, it's a revolution. I, I, it's a revolution, exactly. I, and, and it's a disruption. So you know yep. we are right. few things as you know we're actually doing this. Uh, so we're we're creating a disruptor series. I would love 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 to have you be a part of it. Creators and artists that are a part of it. Uh, that's going to be our initial NFT launch for our for our website, the disruptors. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, so it's interesting that you had so that, cool. sa- that same concept uh, uh, a while back. Uh, I-, I would tell people when they look at it, because there is, there's, a, there's a lot of questions. There are people that just say, okay, I got to have the physical paintings. Where, where do I have it? And there's a few things I say to those people, and I want to really break down because you said a lot very quickly. So I want to at least get to a few points. <laughs> uh, one, this is a, um, if you will, an iteration of the internet. And you, are, you, you and I are Seasoned enough, enough to have been through all three phases. So it's uh, so we the initial phase was the kind of text-based internet that everybody saw, but kind of pre-social media. Right now is kind of internet 2.0 is what we're in. It's the centralization of social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Google, uh, uh, centered on collecting data, centered on having just a few uh, entities control a lot of data and a lot of information. Uh, the opportunity now, and I would say for, for artists and others, is that this is now the decentralization of the internet and allows more users. because that's, that, that's what blockchain technology is. And, and what makes this moment different and unique from uh, before is that we've always had digital art, as you said, but it was so easy to copy and it was no way to authenticate it. Now, because of blockchain exactly. technology, you can authenticate it and you can know Noel's uh, art piece, you can know, you can trace it back and see this is this is hers. And can someone copy it? The answer is yes, but people can easily tell it's a fake. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so that exactly. you know, it's not worth it. So it's just like, I look at this, people have been copying the Mona Lisa. People have been making fake Gucci bags forever. That's right. That's right. You know, right. You know what, what does that do to the value of Gucci and Mona Lisa? It makes them more valuable. That's right. So, so I just tell people like, it's a mind shift right now. So people are People are seeing this like, yes, you can, you can physically store it too because you can get a digital canvas, but it's a, it's a mindset of how art is just being distributed. It's no different than uh, now how we see movies. Like people like Blockbuster could have bought Netflix for a little bit and I bet That's they right. wish they would have, right? Because yeah. they thought people are always, always going to want, think about this, Noel. People, they yeah. were probably like, people are always going to want to just have a physical yes. copy of That's the movie exactly the same. and watch it. No. No, they don't. That's right. And that's exactly where we're at now, I think. I mean, there are people, yes, maybe the physical one, but really, like, you could mass produce an image that's beautiful and sell it on a postcard in a coffee shop or sell it as a desktop background. But there are people, you know, that want the masterpiece, that want the digitally signed, you know, you know connection to the artist hanging in their living room in a digital canvas. Like, that is... There, it's just like fashion, right? It starts off on the runway with very few people who have access to it. But anyone who's looking is like, oh, I could do something like that. You know, that's cool. I, you know, like there's always this ecosystem of art, but it's the top echelon of that ecosystem, right? That now has an opportunity to evolve and innovate so that the work that you create can actually be distributed and protected, right? Like, oh, how many 
we've all watched really sad scenarios where physical buildings have burned and physical assets have been destroyed, where, you know, we now have another opportunity to preserve content, to preserve art um, in a new way. And, and like I said, create a, an upper echelon of people who want to invest in being the stewards of that art. I know my grandparents, right? They had Picasso and, you know, like all of these different artworks. They, it was like a, a family heirloom. We coveted it as a family. Um, and so I think that same thing will happen as we migrate into this new mindset around digital authentication. And for the artists themselves and why I'm attracted to it is that it, it really allows, as we talk about really empowering communities uh, and really creating opportunities for more equity, uh, you, you can make money off of your secondary sales. So think of, yep. you know, if exactly. you're just starting off as an artist and generally this is how it works in the, in the, in the physical world, right? Yep. You sell a piece of art, you, maybe you sell it for, let's say $500. And then if some, and then 10 years later, somebody goes on and they sell it for $5 million, you get none of that. You get yep. none of that, right? You get the, I guess you get the uh, exposure that your art sold for that, sold for that amount. So on future works, you can do that. But on none of your but your but your past work you 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 can't get any equity. What you can do now and what we do on Disrupt Now uh, is that we make sure that we build an equity on the front end, so you get royalty yep. for life. Exactly, and you, get, and you get that built into the system on the front end, so you don't have to necessarily uh, uh, sell sell so short on the front end and hope that it pays off in the long run and back end. And if it doesn't, sometimes people don't, a lot of times artists don't even get their work till they're older or they're not even here. So maybe their family can get an opportunity to, to actually uh, uh, make some of the money versus exactly. going to private investors. It becomes investors. generational. Exactly right. Right. I mean, this is opportunity. This, this, is a, this, is a, this is a pivotal moment, a pivotal moment, I should say. We've had, we've had a few of them uh, uh, more recently than ever in history, mm -hmm. but, but we're, at, we're at one of these moments now where this is an opportunity where folks should get into shift the mindset, start experimenting. So we, we encourage people to do it. There is no, there's no disadvantage to uh, doing this. And there's no advantage, I think, to waiting too long and seeing how the whole thing, like what is, if you're an That's artist right. and you're and out tinkering here. tinkering is where you, where all the value is, right? How many people wish they were tinkering around with one Bitcoin, like 10 years ago? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. You know, just tinker with it, play around with it, see what it can do um, because that's where innovation happens. And then you stumble upon greatness, right? In those moments. Um, but if you're not, you, if you're not even there, right? The, it's just like the lotto, like you, you gotta, you gotta get a ticket if you even want to be in the game. So yeah, there's this moment that you really have to dive in and just be willing. Doesn't have to be a huge investment. Doesn't no. even have to be a huge effort, but just get your toes in the water um, and be part of the, the velocity of the industry. Yeah. So explain to people if they, you can, like, if they're trying to understand, okay, how do I go about, if I bought an NFT, like, where does it go? Where does, where is it stored? Like, where, where would I go find my NFT? Yeah. So there's it? actually a platform that provides them. And there's, I mean, this is one of those things. It's almost like banks, right? So there'll be a collection of these kind of middle managers of these types of assets. Um, but I went, you know, when I got my NFTs, my little Noel baseball cards, um, I went to an NFT provider and I downloaded them. And those assets, like, literally which one did you go to? OpenSea or where'd you go? Yes, it's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. 
So, and it was just, I mean, literally I got an email from the person who generated the NFTs for me and said, go download your NFTs. And so I went and downloaded them and then I distributed them in the same way. I sent a link to that platform and assigned them to people. And so artists would do the same thing. Musicians even could do the same thing where we have the ability to go in and you, you identify how many pieces of art you, or how many pieces of content that you want to preserve. And then you can assign rights through that system. Yeah, you got, so you have, and this is, and just so you know, there's a lot of folks doing this now that are quote unquote mainstream. So NBA Top Shop, you look at there, they're selling literally collectible moments. I, I was talking to yes, someone like, well, yes. wait, wait, what, what do you mean? That looks like YouTube, but no, they do it in an interactive way. It's unique. It is not like YouTube and it's like a trading card. If yep. people can, I look at it, if people can sell trading cards for a million dollars, you can certainly sell a digital interactive card uh, for a lot of money too. So it's, again, it's just a mind shift about how, how we're viewing these things. Yep. And, um, you know, we want people to, to participate now, not when everybody else does, I, I, but I do have something in the, to, uh, there, there is some, uh, caution I would tell people like there is, so what we're doing, there are some other websites that do it similarly, but what we're, uh, uh working on is making sure that we're working with artists that are, are established artists, have a good following, produce good art, I do think there are a lot of people just seeing what's happening and throwing it out there and investing in NFTs, not necessarily knowing the value of the art they're buying. My advice to people, and not that I give, uh, uh, I don't, I try to give that much advice, but I say one, uh, you know, uh, buy art you like, not necessarily make a huge investment right now uh, because exactly. some of this will be a bubble, I think, but, but still there's an opportunity right now. What would you tell people in the opportunity right at this point? Yeah. I mean, it's, so I've been luckily on the cusp of a bunch of these types of initiatives. Um, Alexa was one of them. Um, virtualization was another. And what I always encourage people to do is to learn by doing. And I think you're a great example of this, Rob. Like, rather than just go and read up and listen, like, learn by doing. Get one, one NFT, build an NFT. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, crazy. It doesn't have to be a huge investment of time or money play, like learn by actually implementing it. Um, and if you're not an implementer, you're not a builder, then align yourself with an, like an organization or a platform such as the platform you're building, right? So that you can be involved because it's, it's literally these moments, right? That define us. It's like being the first 500 users on Clubhouse or being the first 500 video creators on TikTok, right? These moments, they come and I have now I'm getting better at spotting them. But for right. so many years, they, these moments would happen and I would look over <laughs> and 10 years will go by and I'm like, man, I was there. I was <laughs> in that meeting and I just didn't see it. Right. And so I think part of this conversation that we're having is we're this is a moment and you have a chance and it's not like you don't have to pay big to play, which is unique in this situation. Yeah. So get involved in these platforms, figure out a way to contribute, support an artist by supporting their ability to deliver on this platform, buy early art on this platform. There's a lot of different ways to engage, but getting engaged is a lot more effective uh, than, you know, reading a book about it or listening to a, a podcast. So I love this. <laughs> yeah. Get involved. Hey, get involved. Noel, great to have you on. It was awesome. So great. Thank you so much. Thank you.